Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, welcome to the another edition of the I Am Hope uh, podcast video series. Uh, tonight, uh, we've got an amazing guest. Her uh, name's Jess. Uh, I'll get her to introduce herself in a little bit. Uh, just a few things um, for me to quickly touch on. Uh, we created this podcast simply as a safe um, opportunity for people to share um, their stories through um, their mental health journey, um, as well as that. Uh, possibly those that have supported others in their mental health journey just to get different angles and and for many of you out there to understand they're not one size fits all when it comes to mental health so um, if you're someone out there that's struggling um, or you are triggered by um, any of the conversations that we have tonight uh, please um, know that there's helplines uh, especially 1737 you can text or call, um, and that's a 24-hour helpline. Uh, but other than that, we will have some <coughs> lines um, available um, at the end of this at the end of this uh, video um, for you to contact as well. So, um, but without further ado, I'll hand it over to you, Jess. Uh, welcome to the I Am Hope podcast. Thanks, Ty. I was just firstly um, massive, massive thank you for for you know. Um, having this platform for, for people to share their stories because definitely think it's an important thing that we that we're missing. Um and and just that we're all hum we're all human eh? you know, shared experiences. Um bear with me. <laughs> um currently living in Wellington. Um uh, been here since two thousand and fourteen. Um jumped around a few jobs, played a bit of footy um, but originally from South Auckland, from Manidewa. Um, we were hard. We were hard, mate. We were hard. Um, but Mum Samoan, full Samoan, that's, that's uh, New Zealand, European, Māori. Uh, big family, oh, big extended family, sorry. Um, I have Two younger sisters, uh, who three three years younger and six years younger, so yeah. not too too far in age. Um, but yeah, managed to come down to Wellington. Just just sort of lived in Manitoba my whole life until I was about twenty, and then and I sort of wanted something different, like completely different, because I think I was one of those people that were. And I'm not saying you know it's a bad thing, but I knew that there was there was something outside of Manilio and I wanted to experience it while I was young. So I knew a few people down here and and, yeah. and came down to Wellington and, and really enjoying it at the moment. So I'm definitely different from from the south side. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, so can you touch on uh, maybe uh, some of the schools that you went to, like a little bit of your education? So I uh, went to primary school in Manirewa, went to uh, uh, a local primary school called St Anne's. Uh, yep. My family's uh, Catholic, and so we, we kind of did the Catholic thing ever since, ever since I was a little kid. Um, and then I went, I actually went to school in East Auckland, at a place called um, St Maria College. Yep. So I um, would have to get up early, catch the bus, and, and venture out to... East Auckland, and before then, not, I don't think I had ever been around East Auckland, so 
Yep. So it's definitely a, a new experience meeting other cultures. So yes, Santa Maria College was yep. where I spent most of my high school. Um, I know we were talking to one of our guests um, last week, uh, and I think they had a similar kind of um, experience where they they were from a specific kind of like neighbourhood, and then they went to a school that was outside of their neighbourhood, and you know, because obviously, um, for those of you that um, don't know, um, obviously South Auckland is predominantly uh, Māori and, and Pacific Island uh, communities. Definitely. And then East East Auckland, um, I would say it's probably a high European Pākehā, maybe um, Asian and, and even yeah. like Indian kind of um, nationalities around there. So how did and you... South, South African men, heaps of South yeah. African when I was at school. How did you, yeah, so how did you cope with, um, you know, because obviously you grew up out south and now you're going to high school out east. How did you deal with, like, kind of the, was there a bit of a culture shock or, you know, when you went there or can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So, like, going, going to primary school and that, because I did intermediate at Sancta Maria. And so, so I was even younger than, than your typical, you know, studying high school in a different, completely different area of Auckland. Yeah. Um but yeah, as I said before, man, I was I was like born Rewa, die Rewa, you know, like I I I knew there were things outside of Manirewa but I I was sweet in Manirewa. I knew, you know, like had good mates. All my family pretty much lived around Manirewa and then went to East Auckland, uh, to St. Mary College and man, that was that was a massive culture shock. Um, there were a few few islands, a uh, few Pacifica and, and Māori, and we could, we kind of hung out all together, really. Yeah. Um, I guess you know, in in unity, really. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I knew that I knew that I was that we were different. I knew that we were the minority, but I I didn't understand the complications of that. Yeah. So I didn't. I had. I can honestly say, like, we had we had teachers that just didn't want to bother me. Like, they just had the set mindset that that they knew what what I was all about because because I came from South Africa. Um. And then we had other teachers that were, you know, might have been from South Auckland or, you know, were, were Pacifica or Māori or married to, to similar cultures. And, and, you know, that was that was really cool. But for the most part, it was, def- it was definitely a, a big culture shock for the whole, um, you know, time that I was, time that I was at high school anyway. Yeah. Would you, would you say that, would you say that that's that's a scenario that you played out in your head um, that the teachers, um, you know, looked at you guys that way, or, or or was there evidence to back up what what you're saying, like, you know, through the action? Yeah, I think I think I probably I probably didn't help it to be honest, Brad. Like, I I definitely can say that I I lived into that self-fulfilling stigma. 
Yeah. Um, just because that was, you know, like when I was in high school, that was when, when you know, South Auckland was hot on the news. You know, like everything was, you know, what was bad and bad in South Auckland. Mm. Um, and I feel like when I was a teenager, that was, that was a regular, regular thing we were seeing on the TV was, was South Auckland pictured as, as this, as this bad place. Yeah. Um, I think half, I want to say maybe, I think that, yep, there were times that, that I did, did have evidence, like, um, when my, when my mom came, you know, I love my mom to death. Um, she's, you know, a strong Samoan woman and, and she came to one of my interviews, I think, when I was a senior. She came to a meeting or something with my English teacher and, and, the English teacher pretty much sat down and told my mum straight away, I don't think your daughter's going to pass in, like, I don't think your daughter's going to pass English. Yeah. She's not going to pass the year, da, da, da. And I was like, looking at her like, um, <laughs> You're going to get a party. Um, excuse me. And my mum just, yeah, man, love my yeah. mum, she to go to battle, but she's like, and, and my hand on her leg. How, how did, um, how did, your, how did your mum react? How did your mum react to all of that? Let's well, just say, yeah, there were lots of heads turned. <laughs> but um, no, no, she was, she wasn't bad. She was just like, you know, doing this. Um, you know, she stood up for me and she said, you know, how can you, how can you say that about my daughter? You know, you don't know her. Um, da da da. But yeah, I think I definitely felt it. I'm a person that that from a young age can definitely sense when when um what's the word? I can definitely sense people's feelings towards towards me or in the room. So Yeah. I I, I know that I there was and I've actually been thinking about it lately, you yeah. know, how how much I lived into that because I felt safe that I wasn't a surprise to people. Which which in yep. turn, you know, had a, had a, some complications anyway. Yep. Complications. So, what 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 would you what would you attribute that to? Like that, you know, that that line of thinking, or you know, like would you say like it was anxiety or social anxiety, or how would you explain it? Or have you have you been um, told what it is? Um. I think well when I was in high school, there was different. You know, like you know, high school was normally you know a very big transformative period in yeah. in a person in a person's life. Um, and you know, I put myself in in situations when I was younger that that my safety was at risk. Yeah, let's put it that way. Um, and and that all happened pretty much when I was in high school. So <clears throat> I was coming from South Auckland in the morning, going to school, um, you know, try not trying my best, but you know, living through the school life where I was uncomfortable, I was a minority. Um, and then on the weekends would be, you know, going out and and partying with my mates. Um, and just 
yeah, I think I think I def I definitely push push boundaries, and and there were consequences to that. Um, let's just go straight into it, over. <laughs> um, oh, because the the, the reason the reason why I I ask is is simply because you know for for a lot of young people out there, or um, you know that they, they could be going through the same thing, like. What what kind of conversation were you having with yourself, like while you were going to school? Like because obviously you're coming from our south, you're going out east to school, yeah. And every day, like what kind of battles and what kind of conversations were you having with yourself up here? You know, trying to get yourself up, or we you beating yourself up? Like what the hell am I doing? Like I'd rather be out here. You know, I'm pretty chilled and comfortable here. I'm going to somewhere where, like. In some, in some ways, you felt like you didn't belong. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't. So I think, I think the first thing is like, if I'm honest, like those years were pretty, were were pretty much a blur. Like I, I, I don't remember a lot of of going to high school, and I think that was that was part of my trauma, yeah. part of blocking it out. Is that I don't, you know, there were things that happened that. I want to stay there, um, and and through my journey of of recovery, you know, I'm still on that journey. But you know, I have to acknowledge that for it to be put to the side and be like, yeah, I know it's there, but I need to continue on living on my life. Um, I think that I think I lived up to this persona that I had. that I wanted to fit the mold or I wanted to stay as that stereotype because it was easier. Yeah, yeah. And and I knew people wouldn't mess with me. Yeah. So so like there were people that would come up to me at high school and be like, Oh, this dude's picking on me, can you sort him out? Yeah. And then when my younger sister joined me at high school it was the same thing, you know. Just there's there's someone that's doing this to me and my friends, can you come and sort them out? You know, yeah. that's well. That's not that's not me. You know, like I, I am, I was, you know, quite quite hot headed and aggressive. Um, but I think it's just I I don't know how to channel it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that came from being judged and I guess because we were getting I was getting judged on the daily. You know. Yeah. You know there there's there is fault on my part for, you know, yeah. living into, wanting to live into that, that persona anyway because I knew yeah. that it was, it was a defense. Yeah. It was a defense and, mechanism. And, and obviously, the big thing there I, I think you mentioned was that part of you didn't want to, but part of you kind of was telling you you had to, you know, because, like, this is what they're expecting of me, so I need to step up and do this and deal with this, even though probably you, you didn't want to. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's like, I, like I don't, I don't regret it because, it, you know, there were, were a lot of lessons that I was taught, especially when I was confronted and I was like, oh. Yeah. 
but but I think I just lived so much into it that that it was a, like I felt like it was okay. But then I'd come home and my mum would be like, Hey think <laughs> I'm around here like that, you know? Like, <laughs> No, that's cool. So, so moving on from there, so you go through high school. Uh, did you did you complete high school? Or how far into um, high did, school? Yeah. So in the end, I did. I did get my level threes. Um, yeah. And a lot of a lot of that was done through like courses, like yeah. um, like gateway and that. I just to be oh, honest, okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah. I had, I had, I had um, like I just. I just didn't like school at all. Like I didn't, I didn't try. Um, the only classes that I tried in was PE and lunch. Yeah. And like everything else was was just get by. Yeah. Because I didn't see any. I guess it's you know got got to do with me wanting wanting people to think I'm think I'm a badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, because um, you know, I, I know that we uh, spoke to one of our guests the other day, and they talked about how yeah. they left school. I think in in, in fifth form, and yeah. you know, I think it's a it's still a relevant thing these days where a lot of young people that are going to school, you know, they don't know what they want to do, and yeah. like. You know, because society tells us you have to go to school, you have to go yep. to seven form, and then from there you have to go to uni and whatnot. Mm. Uh, what what's what's a piece of advice that you can share with young people out there um, that are going through that phase or, or similar phase that that you're going through? <clears throat> I think um, I think just to add on that before I answer that question, um, yep. you know, like. Like I grew up in a in a predominantly well, I grew up in a Catholic household. Household, um, you know, my mum. She she came over from Samoa with my grandparents, um, so she wasn't born here. Um, I'm the I'm the eldest of my family. I'm yeah. the eldest grandchild of I think there's 23 of us. Yeah. And I'm the eldest. Jeez. And um. 23. Yeah, and. And when I was younger, I think I, well, it was conscious, but I didn't think of it when I was younger because I didn't, I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to name it. I didn't, yeah. I felt like I didn't have people around me that were, were able to, to just, I don't know, chill me out. I just felt like I had all these expectations of me. And I wasn't backing it up in my schoolwork, but the least I could do was finish school. Was was that and because so, was that because you were the oldest? It was because I was the oldest, and and because because I knew my mum came from Samoa, and I knew my grandparents came over for for the next generation to have a better. Yep. Um. You know, for a better life. You know the story. You yep, know, yep, coming, yep. coming from Samoa for for a better life kind of thing. Yep, and yep. <laughs> yeah, so I think going back to your question in terms of like advice, 
I think I I mentally left school probably around fourth form or fourth form. Yeah. Um. I if I had a little bit more confidence in myself, I probably would have done a trade. Um. And I think that nowadays students, you know, just just from seeing my sister, my youngest sister go through school, you know, I feel like I feel like things are a lot more realistic. Yeah. So you know, like there's a lot more people that that we can see that are successful without finishing school. Yeah. You know, like if you leave in in fourth form or fifth form, you go off and you do a three-year trade or something like that. By the age of by the age of eighteen, you're fully qualified for or you know, like don't yeah. don't quote me on that, but yeah, you know, like there, there's other ways that are recognised now that um, you know, it, it just seems a bit more realistic. Yeah, obviously, obviously, with all the different opportunities and and all that kind of stuff, can, can I just touch quickly on? You mentioned that had you had more self confidence, uh, you would have went into the trade. What What do you mean by that? Uh, just just for um, people people that yeah. want to understand that. I think uh, I'm definitely a physical person. Like I I learn by doing things, and. And I just didn't really want a part of of school, and and I really liked going out on on the courses and doing the unit standards. Yeah. Um, instead of sitting in class and copying a slideshow for an hour, like I just yeah. Like part of me, yes, I didn't I didn't want to be there, and I didn't try when I when I don't want to be there, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I'm definitely a, a, a person who who excels with things that I'm, you know, physically doing. I can touch it. Yeah, yeah, cool. And um, so, so obviously, uh, carrying on from from there, you finished school, and then, so, so where did you where did you go to from here? So. So you finished high school? Yep, so I finished, finished high school and then after after high school I pretty much started working. Um, I didn't really know, I didn't have university entrance. Yeah. So if I was to go to university then I would have would have had to do like a, you know, like a certificate or six month foundation thing. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really like, you know, I just finished high school. I didn't, like the thought of going to another study was was kind of a you know but so overwhelming. Um, yeah, yeah. So went went yeah started started working pretty much after that straight after school. I think I was working working towards the ends of my years at school anyway. Yeah. So I um I I worked at a like a youth work agency. I was okay. on the youth worker, but yep. did like um, did like uh, you know, stocking the resources and and helping out on camps and stuff like that, and then um, yeah, started my youth work journey. Um, 
but at the same time, there were things that were coming to light that I didn't, you know, like historical childhood stuff that we were starting to to become uh, become bigger in my day to day. Yeah. So, 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 would you say that um, that that was unraveling because of your work that you were doing with the youth, or was was it just that time of your life it was just happening or happening? So I don't. So when when I was a teenager, you know, like it's understandable, but I didn't. I had no reflection. I had no like. There were now that I look back as an adult, like everything's reflection to me. You know, I'm like, man, why did I do that today? You know, like, oh, what? You know, why did I say that to that person? You know, but when I was a teenager, growing up, like I didn't, like I just lived, like, yeah. and I, and I didn't ask questions or anything like that. So when I was faced with, with, with these particular young people that had had similar, you know, quite similar upbringings to me, um. I was faced with a mirror of yeah. myself of yeah. why is this little kid angry? Like yeah. why is this little kid coming here saying that he's scared of his parents? You know, so I was forced with looking at myself and things that I haven't hadn't hadn't dealt with. Wow. Um at that time I was playing still playing rugby. Um and I had, I had a few knocks, few knocks to the head while I was still in Auckland. Um, and I just, I think I, I think I enjoyed rugby in Auckland because I felt like I had a channel for my anger that I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, started my youth work journey um, and then did like a certificate of youth work, met a few people in Wellington, uh, left, left youth work, then I worked at a, at a warehouse. I worked in warehousing for a bit um, and then I started to, to really, um, to kind of work, work my way up a little bit of, of that particular warehouse, um, and that was good. That was that was a big eye opener. Um, you know, like I, I found it real difficult to to talk to our own people when I was so young. Like I had like sixty year old Samoan Tongan ladies who you know weren't picking their orders, and I'd have to tell them at the end of the day, "Ah, oh, excuse me." Um, you haven't picked this amount of quota for today, you yeah. know, like, I just felt shit, bro, my, my language, yeah. I just felt rubbish, man. Yeah. And so, realised oh. I and, and that's, that, do that. that's mainly because, um, you know, we, we, we you, you brought up in a culture where, you know, you respect your elders and, you know, and you, you know, they, they there's a Samoan word, I think it's called faloalo, and you always do your best to respect them but now I guess you're in a position of kind of management or leadership where you're kind of having to do something that you weren't designed to do 
or brought up exactly. to do. And and exactly. I think a big thing um, I spoke about earlier this week was uh, that whole correlation of of communication, especially um, I think in a Pacific Island culture where you only speak when you're spoken to, whereas now mm-hmm. you're in a position where it's work now, but because of your upbringing, yeah. you're kind of like at a crossroads now. No, definitely. And even even like outside of that job, when I was, you know, doing doing my odd jobs and, and when I started youth working, that's something that I really struggled with was communication because I didn't know how to communicate. Like I didn't, like I was listening to you on that other podcast and, and that's something that really stuck, struck me was actually we you know like i love my parents they did they did what they knew they had their upbringings and and i just didn't i didn't know how to communicate yeah and it took me ages (laughs) yeah yeah to be able to look someone in the eye like i have i have this one story of of when i first started youth work and it was the same thing like the agency was in newton yeah. So it was in town, and that was the like I had never I'd hardly ever gone to town and as a teenager. Like most days, it was faster to go to you know if we wanted to go to Hamilton, it would have yeah. been faster to go to go to town from Manitoba. But you know, I have I have um I have this one story of when I first started as like a like a volunteer kind of youth worker, and I um. I never took my hoodie off. Yeah. Like I just kept my hoodie on, like even inside. And then um, the boss at the time, she um, she would always like you know pull my hoodie down, and then I'll put it back on. Yeah. You know, and I think that was a that was a that was my coping coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, was having that hoodie, and then the day that I walked in without a hoodie. <coughs> I'm pretty sure she just cried, eh? Like, yeah. Cause she was just like, yeah. Well, have, you know. If, if I can ask, what, 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 what was the whole ideal around wearing your hood up all the time, or what, what were you, um, what were you trying to protect yourself from? I think because that was, that was sort of after. That was sort of, um, you know, the years following on from from some some traumatic things that happened to me when I was a teenager. Yeah. And so I think that following on from that, that, that was my way of kind of saying, like, my, my language, sorry, mum, but like, fuck you to the world. Yeah. Really. Um, you know, and I'm, and, and, you know, before, before I share this, I'd, I just want to tell you know my family that I love them, yeah. and um, you know they not you know I haven't really shared shared this in public at all. Yeah. Um, there's only probably a couple of people that know, but you know I feel like I'm finally at a place where where I'm at peace with what what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I know that I have a story that's worth sharing. You know, there's someone someone out there that that's in my position or some somewhere similar that 
that need, needs to hear a shared experience. Yeah. Um, and so when I when I first started youth work, I was sort of in like a rebellious stage. Um, I was heavily abusing alcohol um, and, and marijuana. And I think that all stemmed from when when I was about 14, 15, I was, um, I was sexually assaulted. Um, and I think the anger that I didn't know where it came from when I played sport was from there. Yeah. And I didn't, <clears throat> and, and I don't think I was, I didn't have the capability of, of relating what I had just been through was yeah. channeling that aggression. And yeah. I'm just, you know, praise the Lord that, that I had sport because yeah. I don't, I don't know what that would have looked like if I did it. Yeah. Because I was pretty fired up. Yeah. Um. And so I think I just spent. So that was probably about fourteen, fifteen. Um. And I kind of spent the last. Oh, uh, you know, kind of spent that. That next six years having my little rebellion party. Yeah. And 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 having a hoodie was part of that, and yeah. you know wearing baggy clothes was part of that, yeah. and not talking was part of that, and not looking people in the eye was part of that. Yeah. Um. Can 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 I just jump in there? Like, um, obviously, um, f first of all, like, um, thank you for sharing that. Like, truly appreciate that, you know, and uh, understand that that's it's it's super sensitive and super hard for you to talk about and, and totally appreciate um, you for sharing. I think something uh, that, that I know um, from, from being involved um, in mental health um, for a wee while now, and, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of um, young people go through. And I think what happens, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. What happens is you end up, as you grow, you end up parking this dragon at the door. And uh, what happens is when people start turning up, like they might be there for good reasons or, you know, you know, have every good intention for you. But for some reason, because of what's happened, now you're like, there's a dragon at the door. And anytime someone comes and if you don't like it, it's like, boom, like you're going to get this dragon, you're not going to get the real me, because at the end of the day, it's still that, that young girl that's there, you know, that, is, that has been hurt and that's been affected and been abused. And, you know, whether, whether it is, um, you know, um, sexual abuse, um, bullying, could be anything, but it keeps you trapped in that, that state. And as that young person, uh, it's just something that I see and, and it's so common. And, you know, the hardest thing about that, especially if you have grown up in a culture where you can't communicate, like, it's just sitting there, you know, and, and you're running your own scenarios for your own head, either trying to justify it or trying to understand what the hell's going on. And then you think you're the problem. 
But then because you you haven't been trained to communicate it to anyone, you're kind of like stuffed from all angles now. Like, is that is that kind yeah. of like? Yeah, I know. And and like just to add, like, um, like, I just realised that it, it made it sound like you know it was it was it was a family member. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was it was someone that we knew. I just want to put that correct that. Um, and I think what was going through my mind at that time because I know people, you know, like just in, you know, through my through my journey of recovery, you know, particular people have asked me of like, why didn't you, why didn't you tell your parents? Yeah. You know, and I, and it wasn't until recently that I like properly thought about it, and I was like, I had, I felt like I had such high expectations of me. And yeah. Because I have put myself in that, not in that specific situation, but yeah. I was there where I shouldn't have been. Yeah. And for me, that was that was enough. My that was enough shame for me yeah. to not yeah. say it. Yeah. And I think I think the embarrassment as well, like yeah. the the shame of you know because because. Things like that are so precious to our culture, mm. um, especially for women, and for for that kind of for that to be taken away. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to imagine telling my mom. Yeah. Because yeah, I I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and yeah. and and, and disappointing so people, them really. Yeah. Mm. And and for people out there that are listening and, and that are tuning into this, I think it's important for, for people to know that uh, regardless of expectation that you feel um, from your family or, or on you, uh, the one thing to know, it's not okay and it's not all right. And Definitely. that, um, you know, if anything, that um, if you can share just like, if you had your time over again, like, what would have you done differently from from different angles? Um, you know, my my relationship, especially with my mom now, you know, like we, like people think we're sisters, you know, and she lost it. Yeah. Um, but like, if I was to have it, a, you know, replay it again, then I don't I don't know. You know, like what you said, it's definitely not okay. It's never, it's, it's never okay. Yeah. Um, no matter what. Um. And I think if 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 people have, you know, there there are tools online and there you know hotlines and um phone lines and and you know even just someone might be someone around them. Yeah. You know, like a a teacher they can trust, you know, like I know that through through my experience of what happened, you know, trust was a big thing for me. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's the thing that kind of got shattered in, yeah. in that incident. But um I think if if you if you have someone around you that you trust and I know we hear that all the time, you know, talk to someone yeah. that you trust. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like have if you're listening to this, like have a real hard thing. Is there someone that I trust mm. that I can, you know, um, just 
just share with. That's so good, man. That that's so good, and and an awesome piece of advice. So I think it's so important uh, for anyone to make sure that you know you do have that one solid person that you can talk to and you can reach out to. Uh, to sometimes you know because it's it's a common thing, and and people out there they think that. If you reach out to me, like I need to have all the answers. But the yeah. truth and the fact of the matter is, is that I don't need you to. I don't need you to say anything. Sometimes, I just need you to be there, and I oh. need you to. Mm. I need you to just, just have my back. You know, and mm. and you know, another thing as well. I uh, was talking about this the other day uh, with some people and you know the thing with the helplines and that it's cool that they're there and it's a service but the thing on top of that is a lot of people don't make the call you know and that's why it's so important to have that person that you trust because I know for one that a lot of people uh, reach out to me and I say, hey, like, you know, call 1737. You can text or call, like it's 24-7 helpline. There's people there. But at the same time, a lot of people want to talk to someone real. Like, I, mm. I don't know. Like, that's that's just how I see it. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like, and I'm not, I'm not just in the phone lines at all um, for me. Like I'm definitely a person that that needs to meet face to face, even as if it's like this, you know, like something about body language and and seeing the person actively listening is something that I think people they yearn for, you know, like they they want to be listened, and I think especially in the world we live in now, there's too much too much thing about about dramas and about what's happening on TV that, that we're just so we're just so distant from each other. And yeah. I you know, I said something about, you know, sharing my story at the start because that's what that's what our people used to do. You know, like that's how um you know, that's how knowledge was was passed on was through experiences. And I think it's so important for people who are in a position to to share their story that they do because it's lived experience. It's not research, you know, it's not research of four million people or five million people, which is good. Like, you know, research has its place. But at the same time if you can if you can share your story human to human, there's something that happens in that connect that interaction yeah. that you can't get through a text message. That's that's so good, man. That that's so true. And in regards to the communication side of things, so at what stage did you realize, man? I need a, I need to talk about this, or you know, how did you communicate it? Um. I think 
I think that when I was when I was working starting off as a youth worker, I I I had a boss who you know still was a was a very key role model in my life. Um and and she she knew that when she met me that I that I had seen some shit. Um yeah. and what I'm grateful for is that even though I was an employee, she cared. Um and she was she was the first first person that I'm pretty sure she was the first person that that I had shared with. There was a few times where I was getting um in trouble with the law. Um and and she was just there to back me. Um and I was lucky that when you were talking to uh, to that guy on the other podcast how you went to the cafe. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I went to the cafe took me to this cafe and um uh, at Mission Bay. And the only <laughs> time I've been to Mission Bay was like on a Saturday night drinking at the fountain. So <laughs> when I went to the where it was the first time I've been to a cafe and I was I didn't know what to do. Like I don't know what to order. I'm pretty sure I would have asked for like water or something. Like <laughs> oh but you know like she just she just saw something in me that I've seen this one. She saw something in me that, you know, I couldn't see. Um and and she knew that I had something to give. And so she she kinda allowed me and I knew I needed to step out of my comfort zone. I had I think I had a problem with authority. Um yeah. and so in my head she was she was a person of authority and so that was a bit of a, a hurdle to jump over was she's this she's this Balangi lady telling me that, that it's not my fault. Yeah. What do you mean it's not my fault? I'm the one that went to that party. I'm the one that decided they want to get drunk. You know? Yeah. Is that how are you telling me this? Yeah. Um and and that was kind of the start of of me dealing with my shit. Yeah. That's 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 so powerful. You know, because I, I think it's it's a relevant thing um nowadays is that you know, something happens to you or happens to anybody out there and then, you know, regardless of um, substance abuse or alcohol abuse, it still doesn't make things all right, you know, and and yeah. other people, you know, that are directly affected, you know, they can, they can almost be like, oh, you know, well, that was your fault because you were wasted and, you know, you didn't know what you're doing, but it's not all right, yeah. like, on any level. And, you know, I just want to make that clear yeah. to, to everyone out there that it's, it's not all right on any level. And um, I think that that's so powerful, you know, that um, you, you mentioned um, your boss at, at the time. And can we talk about how you felt, like, you know, because hearing, like, me hearing that, her saying that to you, like I feel like um, uplifted, but I, I don't know how how were you feeling at the time? Cause just like what you're saying. I think I think I think it took me a long time to 
to believe it. Um, because I had, I had, I had 18 years of believing what I had believed in. And here's this person that I've only known for a year, less than a year, telling me the opposite of, of, of what I believe. Yeah. Um, and I think slowly as I let, let my walls down, which was, which was something that, that I'm, I'm grateful that I did. Um, and even though it took me a while, you know, that, that started to, to open things up for me and, and for me to start questioning things of, of, you know, for, for me to, to grow, I guess. Yeah, and and that's. Uh... And I definitely felt sorry. I definitely felt. I think in that moment, I felt uplifted, like I didn't. It was something different. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't my fault. Would Would you Would you say that um, it was probably the first time you felt like someone was on your side, like they were on your team now, you know, because because everyone. You know, well, by the sounds of it, you know, every, you you had convinced yourself, and so had others, that it was your fault. And 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 for the first um, time, here's someone that's on your team saying, "No, no, 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 that's not right." I think I think that because I had I had disclosed that information to her, you know, she had the she had that that information, do you know what yeah. I mean? And and on a surface level it just looked like my behaviour. And and that's what it looked like. So I don't I don't blame those around me who might have seen a change in my behaviour. Um I don't I don't see them as for, at fault or or blame them for for not asking questions because Yeah. You know, I did I did hide it pretty well. Um and then once once I was listened to I think I I think I just started asking questions around you know, questioning who I was. Yeah. And and what I believed in and how I acted and what I was doing, really where I was going. Yeah. That's that's cool, you know, and um, you know again, you know, thank thanks for sharing, and um, you know, truly appreciate you being real about that. You know, so so obviously after this, you know, this meeting, how did things progress from here? How, how you know you working here, and how did she be? How did your boss become a key figure moving forward in, in your life? You said that she's she's still a key role model for you today. So I think um, after that, um, sort of just just did the youthful thing, and then and then that's when I went into warehousing, and um, you know, like I've I've come from, you know, the nine to five, even you know the the twelve hour shifts, um, kind of see my parents and my grandparents work at a job that they work at because 
they they want to support their family. Yeah. And yeah, so after you went onto went onto warehousing, um, and I think that was my my second bit in a way of of pushing the dragon to the side. Yeah. Because I went to I went to work and I finished on a Thursday and would drink on a Thursday night, go to work on a Friday, drink play rugby on a Saturday, drink after Saturday, wake up, drink on a Sunday, like I just I was going nowhere, really. I didn't really have any anything I was I was reaching for, really. Um, and so you know that that kind of lifestyle can only can only you know it'll either kill you or it'll continue to hurt you. Yeah. So, so what was? Can, can I just jump in there? What What was the drinking doing for you? Like what, what 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 was it what was it doing for you? I think I really I really looked into the thing of being a push. You know, like I'd, I I enjoyed like I was good at drinking. I'm not now. Um but you know, back then man I could sit and drink, you know, a whole box and and still be you know, like, and and being good at drinking wasn't a good thing, and yeah. um, and you know, it was just, I think it was just something that I was that I felt like I was good at, and I was, and people around me appreciated that I was that I was good. I thought, I'm sorry, um, that I was good at, and it took up time. I think, and it just, it just felt good. Yeah, felt and good would, you, yeah. would you say, would you say it just helped you escape, uh, you know, oh, from... No, it definitely did, especially because my mind started, you know, I started to be a bit more conscious of, of my actions or, you know, just things of the of the past that would come to the front of my mind would go away. Yeah, and 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 I think uh, we we talk a lot about this uh, nowadays is how you know people see alcohol and drugs and you know addictions as as the problem. Well, what they don't actually realize is uh, for people with uh, mental illness or, um, you know, do have struggle with mental health, it's actually a solution, you know, and mm. one of the one of the hardest things is to make people understand this, you know, and would you say that you're using it as a solution, um, you know, for, for, for a lot of the, um, I would say, head, head talk that you were going through during that time? Or that period? Yeah, definitely. I think that I think that there was a part of me that <coughs> I think there was a part of me that that didn't wanna I was thinking about it the other day actually. Like there was there was definitely a part of me that that didn't that wanted to live 
because I wanted, you know, this was my life. But at the at the same time, my sure as hell didn't wanna didn't wanna exist. Um, and I think it was just I just used that abuse alcohol and 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 drugs as a way to definitely escape and 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 having something that you're good at as well is, is not very helpful, especially yeah when you've got so much head talk going on. Mm. Um, and because I was, you know, I was on quite a good good pay packet as as you know, the a, a nineteen year old I think I was, maybe twenty. So like I'd I'd blow, I'd blow like a couple hundred dollars in town and and it didn't really affect me. You know what I mean? And yeah, I remember this one day I went to the work and I came straight from town and and I just felt so paranoid and I was like, this is the most stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever done because I drove. I drove from town to work. Yeah. And and that made it even worse, but also because I probably like wrecked I probably wrecked the alcohol and I just I just turned up and and that was sort of sort of when I started being like hmm, are you really good at drinking or Yeah. Mm. And 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 I think that's where the head talk uh kicks in a whole nother level. Um, especially like I mean I, I'm only speaking from experiences as someone that um, you know I've been down that road before um, in, in regards to drinking and you know you, you think you're the man and you're you're invisible and, and you're unstoppable and uh, you know one of the biggest the biggest battles that I used to have was wasn't necessarily during the drinking because because I enjoyed it I enjoyed every minute of it but it was waking up and it was the regret and it was the head talk because everything that I was trying to run away from, you know, that I was suppressing through drinking, it would come 10 times harder the next day, you know, when, when I was lying there like, you know, what's mm. what's going on here? Well, what's, yeah, my, can, mine was probably like, like it was definitely the morning when I woke up and I was like, um, I said, I look at my knuckles, my knuckles were bleeding, you know, yeah. like, I just, because that's what I turned into, I turned into a monster. <clears throat> like, probably, you know, start drinking about eight o'clock or something like that. By one o'clock, I was, I was a monster, you know, and then, and that got me into trouble. Um, And and definitely the the morning after being like you know, the the whole thing about oh man the saying it was real bad, I'm never gonna drink again and then oh Sunday morning, you know, like Yeah. Church, oh he's keen, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. That's, was, was yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, for, for, for people out there, um watching and tuning in um, I'm not laughing because I think it's funny I'm, I'm laughing because I can totally relate 
you know, uh, being there, and I know exactly um, what what Jess is talking about. And you know, so so going on from here, can you talk about, you know, when or 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 have you drawn the line in terms of of where things are at now? Like, or are you still using the same method um, to deal with your with with your problems or have you reached out or wh- wh- where are you sitting now like wh- what have you done since then yeah so after i left warehousing i was yep. kind of at a point where i was like do i do i really actually want to do this like i don't i don't want to be telling these old people off like mm. and i wasn't getting i wasn't having any purpose and what I was doing um, and then that's sort of when I was like I need to I need to I need to move away and um, and that was I did that by moving down to Wellington and um, to be honest when I first came down here I didn't deal with anything I was the same I was yeah. the same if not worse um, and I would just drink from Thursday to Sunday, or you know, Thursday to Saturday, waste my money. Like, um, I guess I I just felt like I didn't have, I didn't have my family to keep me. Yeah. You know, like I, I lived with people that you know cared, but at the same time, like I just was was self-destruct mode yeah um and i think i think at that point was when i was just slowly trying not to try not to exist really um and then had a few few more knocks to the head and then and then something something about that just just took things a bit over um and I started started having all these all these um, well now there's symptoms. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like flashbacks and and being paranoid and not being able to sleep with the light off, like just all like all out of it things like. I'd lock up the house and then five seconds later I'd go lock up the house and then yeah. you know run back down and, and check the doors and just just real out of character well not out, not out of character but just um just things that, that that shouldn't be going on or just had no like I didn't have any any sort of understanding of what what it yeah. all meant. Um, and then and then I I was at a, at a rehab place for for my head. Um, and I was was telling the, the psychologist that I had to see, you know, about about the things that were going on. Um, and and when I had those appointments I was either on or I was off, and um, 
and one day I just I'm not too sure what what it was but just one day I walked into the office and I knew that that I was going to share you know what I, what I had seen as a kid yeah uh, you know as a as a young adult um, and then from that um, you know done done some assessments in there then yeah um, was diagnosed with PTSD complex PTSD yeah and um, I think there was there was a fresh there was a there was a um, there was a big big sigh because I thought it was crazy and um, you know I I just want to jump in there and you know I, I commend you and and I think it's so brave of you for for sharing um, you know what what you've been sharing and, and I, I just wanted to know like how did it how did it feel um, when you finally uh, told the psychologist about what had happened, like what what kind of feeling was it in your body um, once once you released that that off yourself? I I think leading up to it, I had this this walk thing in my head, and and sometimes I still still relive it of 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 not. I don't think I, I want to impress people. I think I'm afraid of what the, what the consequences of me saying things or, or doing things yeah. is. So just before, I remember just before, you know, closing the information to him, you know, I had this, this massive sensation of, mm. of fear because that was the step that I had never taken that far um but like he was a real good dude about it and you know obviously i've heard hundreds of stories and da 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 whereas in my head i was like now i was the only one um and and growing up i never i never knew what depression was i don't know what anxiety was i sure as hell never knew of ptsd um so it was, it was all new. It was all new to me, really. Yeah. And and like in in terms of uh, you know obviously finally uh, telling telling him that because I, I I always say to people I compare it to like um, like a fraudster. You know, like you walk around for ages. Uh, you know, frauding everybody. You know that everything's mm. okay, and you know I'm all good, and whatever. And now that you've, you know, you've got the the monkey off your back, and you know, you now know that okay, cool. You know, you've got something to work with now, because now you've been given something, and you've been told that you know, like you said, that you're not crazy and things like that. Because for so long, I think. A big battle that a lot of people have um, in day-to-day living is that they think they're the only one. And for me, like I, I believe, there's more um, people out here that are going through mental health. And to say that you don't, um, I don't know. Like I honestly think that there's way more people out here, uh, you know, that that go through similar struggles. You know, maybe not to the same extent. But 
they do struggle, you know, mentally. And everyone has some form of mental health struggle. And and I think, you know, society doesn't help because, you know, there's that whole default of, you know, when you ask somebody, hey, bro, or hey, sis, how are you doing? And, yeah, no, we're good. You know, and it's like, oh, no. okay. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was me, just to add on to that, you know, like when I, when I, um, when my old boss would, you know, tell me to go see all these, these old balangi people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm real keen, so I but, you know, like, these old balangi people, they're like, pushing 75 men and, you know, I walk in the room with my, with my, with my facade up. And, um, you know, the first thing I'll say is, oh, how are you going? And my first response, oh, so, oh yeah. all good. <laughs> you know, but are you really all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. And then, depending on how I was, it would either be, you know, the, the you know, slow push or just be like floodgates, man. Yeah. And I had this whole thing about about crying. Like I, I never, I, I hated crying, and, and that was that was a big thing for me. Was when I. And I finally just was like, fuck it. You know, and now, and now I probably have more days that I crash than I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and once I once I accepted that it was a healthy thing, you know, to, to let go of that tension, then, yeah. you know, that was, I, felt, I felt free because I wasn't controlled by this emotion that I didn't, want the world to see yeah and that's that's so cool that you touch on that because i think it's it's such a good thing you know like um you know crying is as your body's and 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 your heart and mind whatever way you want to call it is it mm. wants to release, you know, that, that stress and that tension and, you know, to, to people out there, you know, it's totally, it's totally okay and it's, it's totally normal and it's your body trying to talk to you, you know, and, and your mind and your heart and your soul. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it just comes on you. Like, you yeah. know, I, I know, um, you know, going through this journey of mental health, it's, it creeps up on you. And the more you try and kind of like push it away, you know, the, the, the more it gets worse. And, and I guess that's why I kind of yeah. compare it to being a, being a fraudster because, you know, you talk to a lot of fraudsters and you interview them and you ask them about, so, you know, when you got caught, how did you feel? And they say, um, most of them were like, it was like a huge relief. Because I, I finally even like there's people that go on like you see on Doctor Phil and that yeah. they're like, man, it gets so far to that point, and then they do you know like they're on national international TV, yeah, yeah. and then afterwards, oh, how do you feel? Oh, I feel so relieved that now, yeah. now it's out there. Yeah, and and, and, and you, you don't have to look over your shoulder anymore, you know. And uh, the Very best hard. thing about best thing about taking that mask off is that you know you can just be real and and you know if you're having a if you're having a shit day or if you're having a bad day 
it's totally all good. Like, you know, but you've got to be real with yourself, you know, and not, and not beat yourself up because it's when you, it's when you go against the emotion or when you go against yourself, you just yeah. like make it even worse, you know, and I, I know if I'm having a bad day, I just put my feet up, you know, because I know, bro, you can't compete with this. You know, it's yeah. it's it's the black dog for a reason. And then you need to go into your your management of of yeah. yourself. And you know, that that's where I want to move into next. So so what 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 does your management plan look like for, for your mental health? Like what do you do? What's um, your go to? So I have I have to train every day. I have to have some sort of energy release. Um, preferably in the morning, um, and I think I think with mental health, it's just it's just like our bodies, eh? So, you know, with the, with all the drinking and the neglecting, uh, all the drinking and and the fighting and and just abusing my body, really, just just neglected a day. So, like, who was I to think that that? That you know the negative self talk wouldn't happen because I was doing the complete opposite to what what I should be doing to my body. Yeah. Um. So I think with mental health is is definitely like our bodies, like what our feed, what we feed our bodies is 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 the quality of fuel that that it has. Do you know what I mean? So if we if we're feeding now if we're feeding now our heads with healthy things and good things, then yeah, then we've got a lot to work with. But I, I fully support what you're saying, and, and that um, you know, so I right have a bad day, like you know, like if you need a cry, have a cry. If you need to pull your head up. If you need to go back to bed, then go back to bed. You know, like a lot of the time, it's our body, our body's sign of. I've been like, hey, very like, listen to me. Yeah. You know, so in terms of my routine, um, you know, after after the few head knocks that I had, you know, there was there was a few things that I needed to do in, in order to get my and and still have to do to to, to you know uh, repair my body. Um. And and. For a couple of years, I was having my little pity parties, feeling sorry for myself, um, and and didn't train, and and now getting back into training, like I know, I know I enjoy training. You know, it's much harder than I was. Yeah. Well, just smaller and fitter, but you know, like it's it's just something about that release that that is good for me, and um. Yeah, preferably in the mornings, um, and then just just good food, eh? Like, uh, you know, I enjoy my enjoy the kongai and and stuff like that. But yeah, I just I just see my body as a machine, and and I want I want to give it I want to give it extra. Yeah. You know? Like I don't I don't want to give it regular ninety one. I'm the 96. <laughs> what an expensive guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, worth it. Worth it. 
No, that's awesome. Th- thanks for sharing that. You know, and I think it's important, you know, as, as we've mentioned in, in the other uh, video series and, and podcasts that we've done, you know, it's it's important that you have a management plan for your mental health because like we keep um, talking about, not one size fits all when it comes to uh, mental health. You know, yeah. obviously some people training, some people it's yoga, Pilates, some people it's walking the dog. Uh, everybody's got their own plan and it's understanding what works for you. Um, you know, how do you bounce back? How do you um, call your way back to where you were? Because, you know, one of, one of the main things that uh, people ask all the time is, have you been healed from your depression or have you been healed from your mental illness? Yeah. And the reality is, is that you don't ever get fully healed. If anything, you just yeah. learn how to manage it better. You know, yeah. so... And that and that took me a long that took me a long time to to get to that because I was like, what, what do you mean I'm gonna be? What do you mean I'm gonna be living in fear? What do you mean I'm gonna be scared of the career first man? You know, like, okay, but then but then you're right. You know, there's there's things that you need to do or I need to do on on a daily basis, even 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 smaller than that, smaller increments than on a daily basis, you know, there's, there's things I need to remind myself of, you know, every hour. Yeah. You know, when I feel like my, when I feel like my thoughts about myself is getting, is pushing the boundaries a bit, you know, I need to rein it in and, and remind myself that, that as long as I do my best then, and can, can control what I can control then, as long as I'm managing what I can manage then yeah. you know we just take each day as it as it comes. So good man, so good. Uh a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um if if you if you were to give yourself a piece of advice, you know, when when you're when you're at your darkest time, um or, or you know, at, at your worst, that would have picked you up sooner. Yeah. What would it be? What What would you say to to that Jess that that was in that darkest of darkest place? Now that you know you're you're a little bit more wiser and a little bit more stronger inside yourself. Um, I think I think mine would honestly be probably something like like I'm not invisible. Like, because, I don't know, I just felt like I had this whole thing of being invincible. And and that's what, you know, when we talk about being forced, is, you know, like I, I put that out to the world because that was my way of, of putting up a front because I didn't want people to question question what I was going through or, or the decisions that I was making. So definitely something around, you know, not being invincible or even like some, you know, cliche as it is, but you know, just cry. Yeah. Like let let the tension go because otherwise you just just end up three hundred times worse if you're holding it in. Awesome. And and last but not least, what what's a piece of advice that you can give to people out there 
um, you know, that are struggling and are going through a tough time at the moment, what what's something that you think um, they could do to to push through or, you know, because the reason why I ask this question is because people keep saying, oh, you know, you need to reach out and like I for one, mm. like I never reached out, you know, so, mm. you know, for me it was um, things like this, like listening to other people's journeys. So what, what's, what's a piece of advice that you could um, pass on to someone that's, that's in that place? I think, I think, um, when I, just before I asked you a question, you know, there was, there was a time where, you know, I would have to read books at school or something like that or choose a book and, and my go-to was always, like, autobiographies or biographies. Yeah. Um, and I think that, um, that was kind of my, that was like a, kind of a slow indicator of, of that that people have their own stories um, and and you know most of the people that I was reading about were were all these you know well-known sports people and and well-known celebrities all over the world and 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 they were sharing you know their life um, and that was a big thing for me to be able to read and know that that I wasn't the only one. Um, I think I think for the most part I didn't I don't feel like I I reached out. I think I got to a stage where it was kind of like people were asking me like what the hell are you doing to yourself? You know, like sort of like a self sabotage slow kind of suicidal ideation I guess like a slow slow not slowly not wanting to be be around and I think that like when when you have catch ups with those people that you love like like I know that we all have days where we just can't be bothered. Um but that, that human connection is so important. Yeah. And, you know, we have that whole thing about being built up and, mm. you know, like, like that, as best as you can, don't be built up. Like, you know, there, there's been times where, like, I've, I've been to catch up with people and I just, you know, I just don't want to, you know, but on that day when I'm like, oh, no, you know, like, I'll just do it, you know, like, I'm hungry, I'll just go, you know, those, those have been the most valuable times, and then sometimes I get down, like, Wah! you know, and I just, you know, put out everything that's going on, yeah. you know, so I think, especially, you know, like, um, like, we were talking about that, that push-up thing, you know, like, it's cool, Especially with that, you know, like I think one of the phrases in it is like reach out or something. I'm like, man, you know, my darkest moments that's that's the last thing I that I wanted to do was to reach out to people that I I knew loved me but in my head had this big expectation on me that I had everything had my shit sorted, you know? Yeah. Um 
<coughs> sorry, not to ramble on, but like you know, we we just you know you hear it all the time. Check up on your mates, but you know, like really, really conscious. You know, put a conscious effort into those who are around you. Yeah, and, and just just journey with people really. Mm. That's 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 awesome um, piece of advice there, and you know I, I think it goes back to uh, understanding your your circle and the people that are in your circle, and making sure that they know that uh, one that you that you're there, and two that you've got their back. And and, and and it's the same thing, like, I know that for me, you know, there's certain people that I'll talk to, you know, if I'm having a bad day, or, you know, just being real with myself. And and I yeah. think a, another important thing is, is not cancelling catch-ups, you know, like, uh, yeah. but but on, on the other side as well, um, it's okay, like, if you can't make it, you can't make it. You know, your mental yeah, health is, is most important and, and just being real with, with your mates, like bro, I'm having a having a stink day today, man, I'm probably not gonna not gonna make it. And then you you know your you know your mates, your real mates, they'll be like, mm. you know what, I wanna come around, you know, or I'm coming see I you. Or the way I'll get take away. Yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll I'll be there, like I got you, you know. Just 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 sit back, okay. enjoy. Like totally understand. Be over soon, mm. you know. And it's it's important for people to know that uh, that it's totally okay. And another fresh reminder that nobody has their shit together, you know, hundred mm. uh, percent. You know, with with that, um, you know, I, I just want to say, um, Jess, um, thank you so much for jumping on tonight. I uh, really appreciate you being raw and real, and and sharing your journey. And and I know it was yeah. tough. Uh, it was tough for you to to um, share and and um, get that out, but um, you know, on, on behalf of me and the team here, I am hope um, and we, we appreciate you um, for that. And we know that it's going to touch uh, so many people out there, and and encourage them to know that mm. you know that because of your journey, it's going to open up um, you know years of of healing for them um, in in the coming in the coming days and um for, for those of you out there um just a reminder that you know there are helplines out there um you know obviously the 1737 uh you can text or call 24 7 um at, at any time and just know that uh just just a reminder that the key to life is hope and it's for us to be that hope and, and just um thank you for being that hope for us tonight so um Go well, um, look after yourself, stay well, um, take care, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you um, soon. Um, and to everyone out there, um, look after yourselves and talk soon. To make music for a living And travel the world and go places that I thought I wouldn't I take my family and my kids with me Cause everyday I might be busy But I'd always make time for my missus in the tummy of the keys Cause without that nothing would be worth